Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Come on, this year is a year of open doors. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, this year is the year of open doors. Now, you're going to have to get excited about it. I know for you, you're probably like, well, I don't know why. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, but when God gave me this word in June, it, yeah, it wrecked me. And I was ready to say it then, but I obviously it wasn't the right time. I just marinated in it and sat in it for about six months. And I'm going to not be able to preach everything today. I already know that. It's going to take me about six to eight weeks to preach everything to you. I'm going to start with the process of what an open door is. And prophetically, what I believe there are three doors that God is giving to us right now within the next six months, okay? In the next six months, you're going to see three doors specifically and uniquely to our church, and that's speaking of you and me, amen, that God is going to give us. And I believe that the word of the Lord, as you hold fast to it and hear it, is going to stir something in your heart, amen? You know, it's hard to labor and work when you don't know the path that you're going on. You know, when they till the land, what do they do? They get straight lines, and then they provide a way for the seed to be scattered, the seed to be sown. It's the same way that God does. When you allow God to till your heart and to give you a clear direction through his word and through his spirit, you know where the seed is supposed to be planted in. Amen? And we pray that and believe as a church we're going to plant the correct seeds, the right seeds, in the right places at the right time. Amen? Just like how he has planted his seed in our heart at the right time and the right moment. Come on. Some of you have had God encounters, divine appointments by God where his seed just came alive in you. Amen? And I believe that same thing is what we will do as his church within this region. But this year is a year of open doors. Now, I know some would say, well, that rhymes with 2024. I had no clue when that word was given to me in June. But around August, I was like, oh, man, 2024, open door. I'm like, no, I don't want to sound like that because I can't, you know, I just, just speaking out, you know, my mind. I was like, please, Lord, let's change it. And I tried to think of different <laughs> word hippo synonyms to open doors. I couldn't find anything. I just got like, no, it's that. I'm like, all right. And I'm like, so I did not pick 2024 because it or open doors because it rhymed to 2024. I promise you, I didn't. Now, some people may do that. I just, I did not want to do that. Um, but it just happened to be that way. Um, and as the Lord gave me this, he showed me a picture. And I'm going to start out that way. Last year, I put an image of the word that God gave us, which was harvest. And you've seen that probably in a lot of our graphics and a lot of places. How many have seen that picture of a harvest field? And as I was praying in June, it was on a Saturday morning. God began to speak to me, and he showed me a picture of a door. It was a white door in the middle of a field. And this door represented God. It represented Jesus. And it represented opportunity. It represented admission or entrance in or access in. But the door, what I thought was maybe going to be like more good things, you know, it's going to be uh, more things. It wasn't that. It was an opportunity or a doorway for the gospel to be preached. It was a doorway to go into the field and to plant seed. It was really a doorway about evangelism. It was a doorway of outreach. It was a doorway where the laborers who have been praying to the Lord of the harvest or the church who's been praying to the Lord of harvest to send laborers, where the laborers would be able to go through that door. And as they go through that door, the Lord would be with them 
and he would lead them and direct them. Now, the thing about this picture that I saw was the door was there, but it took people walking in by faith. Some people didn't walk in. Some people just looked at the door. Others walked in with joy. Others walked in, but they're unsure about themselves. So there were three types of people, some that didn't walk in at all, some that walked in, but they were a little unsure, and the third that walked in full with joy and ready to do whatever was necessary. And I believe that is speaking to where we are as a church and three types of people we will see. But I believe that all three can come to that place of that last one where they walk into that door with full joy, that they're going to walk into that place ready to labor for his kingdom, ready to serve him. So when I preached last week about it's a new year, but same work, that's what I believe. It's a new year, but we have the same work. It's still harvest time. There's still going to be labors that will come this year. God's not done with that, and nor will he never be done with that. We will see through the next progressing years, more people will be joined to what we do, to the cause that God has called us specifically in this region to do. And other people will be sent out from this church to other areas, I guarantee you. But one of the things that I saw is as we walked in, God gave us boldness. And the Spirit of God was upon us. He anointed our lips. He anointed every step. He was with us. We were confident. We were trusting in him. And because of that, when we went into that place, we walked in with power. We walked into that place with just a strong will to preach and to do the work. And I believe that this year is exactly what we're going to do, that God has given us an open door, and it's the first door of evangelism, an open door of evangelism. There's going to be an open door where we are going to be able to preach the gospel. And what I mean by open door, an opportunity. There's access into individual hearts. So as I was praying, the Lord showed me a person, and he showed a door on their heart. And some's door, some people's heart was closed and others were open. But the ones that were open, as you preached the word, they received it, and life is like, I just saw life spring into them, and they got born again. That's what it was. And others had the door shut, and they couldn't hear it. It was because of oppression and the lie of the enemy. But I believe that through the prayer and the intercession, because this year is going to be another year of prayer, we're going to intercede, we're going to fast, and I believe as we do that, the doors are going to be open. The doors that have been shut by the enemy, the doors that have been shut because of pain and of life, that the Spirit of God, as we pray and as we intercede, that those doors are going to be open. Amen? Now, I'm about to get into the Word. You know I love the Word. But I'm just giving you the prophetic picture I believe that God has given us for this year. That's the, sec- or the first door is a door of outreach and evangelism. The first type is to an individual's life, a person's life. I believe that's family members. I believe that's loved ones, and I believe that is, that is friends, but also is to the greater region of people that do not yet know him. The second door that I saw was a door that was, and I saw a picture of just a, a uh, empty piece of land, and it was a door, and there were doors that were on specific pieces of property that were closed and some that were open. The ones that are closed are going to be the doors that God has shut that we would think they're for, all, for us, but they're not. And it's doorways of property. It's doorway of advancement for his kingdom when it comes to school, Bible school, and universities and things that God's called us to build. I believe it's also doorways for you as a church and a member of the body into different business ideas and to different things that God has called you into. That there is a doorway, an opportunity to not build you, to not advance, necessarily make you look like something, but to build his kingdom. Everything that God does is for his kingdom. Amen? 
He will prompt us up. He will build us up. He will exalt us as we humble ourselves before him. This isn't about pride. This isn't about becoming something. No, this is about God. I want to build your kingdom. Again, that first person I said, or those three types of people, this is about the person that will go into that door because they have the right heart. They have obedience in their heart. They got little strength, meaning their full dependency on God and faithful to God. And in doing so, God will exalt them. Amen? For his glory. That's the second door. So we're going to see a door, an open door of property, of land. And we're going to have favor. And all, let me just help you and just kind of give you a forewarning. Anytime God opens the door, there's always going to be opposition. Don't ever think that when open doors and opportunities and access into things that you won't have opposition. Now, the door can't be shut because God's opened it. But you will experience adversity. You will experience opposition. Don't be fearful of it, though. Just go in faith. Contend for the faith. Come on, we're soldiers of the army. The army of the Lord. Let's go in faith. The third door I saw is I saw a river. And in this river, I saw a door in the middle of the river. And I probably should have made the imagery and everything of it just so you could see it better. I know some people see better by photos. But there was a door on a river, and it was open. And I believe that this was a sign, what I felt in my spirit, is that this is going to be a doorway of the miraculous or the healing supernatural gifts of God. You're going to see the gifts of God in operation this year. I believe as a church, for the past two years, we've been teaching on the gifts heavily because we haven't operated in the gifts as we should. Um, and that's because many people do not know. They are ignorant, just like 1 Corinthians 12 talks about it. They're ignorant of the gifts. They don't understand the gifts. And we, in this church age and time where we live in, especially on the peninsula, many churches don't do that. You know that we are the only lasting spirit-filled church on the Mornington Peninsula that has lasted longer than seven years. Now, many people don't know that. But I believe it's a doorway for the gifts of the Spirit to flow through this house. You're going to see the nine gifts in operation, I believe, in this house. You're going to see them work through you and work through the body and work through the offices of this house. Amen? Come on. And so three doorways. A doorway of evangelism. A doorway of establishing his kingdom through property, through business ideas. And then a doorway of the supernatural, the doorway of healing, a doorway of the gifts and the power of God to flow. And that river represents the spirit of God, rivers of living water. I mean, we know that the power of God or the Holy Ghost coming upon us is not just for tongues alone, but it's actually more than that. That's just, that, that's, that just happens when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, right? When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, tongues follows. But the gifts will flow. Power of God will be upon you. Boldness to do God's will. Amen? Come on. How many believe that today? Now let's get to our Bible. Romans chapter 3, and this is the chapter in the area where God gave me. Romans chapter 3, or Revelation 3, sorry. Revelation 3, in verse 7. Now, this is speaking to the seven churches of Asia, and Jesus is speaking to John and giving him a prophetic picture of then, but also for now. Amen? And in verse 7, it says, and to the angel of and I'm going to read a few verses. Is that all right? It's okay if we get in the Bible? All right? Because I've given you a whole bunch of things I believe the Spirit of God has given us. But now let's get into the Word. Verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, which, which means brotherly love, write the words of the Holy One, the true one, the one who has the key of David. Who do you think he's speaking about? Jesus. Who opens and no one will shut 
who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power or little strength, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you, because you have kept my word about patient endurance. I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I'm coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven in my own new name. He who has an ear to hear, or he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Come on. Thank God for his word. When I read this in June, that came alive in me. And I knew God was speaking to us. I knew God was speaking to me what was to take place. And there's many times when I get in prayer with God that he begins to speak to me. Not every time. I wish it was like that every time. Sometimes I'm just, I feel like I'm praying for an hour and I don't hear nothing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And that's fine. I'm done. I just go do my thing. I don't always hear something or I don't always, you know, feel something. You know, that's how I would just continually to do it. <laughs> Amen. You're being trained. You're being developed. But in this moment, when I read this and God began to speak to me, I'm telling you, it came alive in me. And it's been birthed within my heart. And I've just been, if I can say brooding. The Spirit of God has been brooding in that word in my heart for a long six months. And I believe that we are reaching into that place. That we're going to the open door. Now, today... We have the word that God has given us. There's three doors, evangelism or outreach, property for the work that God's called us to do, and healings and operations of the gifts. Now, we will see opposition, and these are the three things that I see of opposition, a lack of confidence or a lack of boldness. The second is a lack of seeing it by faith. You'll look at it and you'll say, it's impossible because of what little number we have or what little strength that I have. But in a second, I'm going to help you, Amen. So opposition, lack of seeing it by faith. And then the third, you have a lack of faith to even believe for it. You just don't believe it because you'd rather do something else. You're like, I thought I came to a church where I'm able just to chill, relax, have sense of community, and just kind of, you know, encourage one another. But that's it. I don't want to do all that. I just I want to chill. And that is opposition to the word or the vision that God's called us to. And I believe if you will turn your heart to him and yield your heart, that will change within you. Amen? It will change in you. You'll see, you know what? No, God's called me to greater purpose, to build his kingdom. Come on. That's what his church is doing. It is building, expanding, and advancing his kingdom. Amen? Now, what is an open door? An open door is this, a means of access. It's a means of access. It's an admission in. It's an opportunity. I believe God has given us a specific and unique doors for us. There's going to be access into these places. Why? Because God's called us to it. God's predestined it for us. God has determined it for us. God has purposed us to go into this place. One of the things that I love when it comes to 
opportunity or access is we see that we have access to Jesus or access to Father or access to the Father through Jesus. Jesus is our way to the Father. In John chapter 10, it says that I am the door. I'm the door. And I'm not going to go into that, but I will be preaching part of this later on. But John chapter 10 talks about him being the door. And you'll be able to go through Jesus to the Father. How many know if you want to get to the Father today, go through the door. Go through Jesus. That is your opportunity to God. No one is too far from God right now. You can go to him through Jesus. Again, there was three people or types of people at this door. The first one looked at the door but didn't go in at all. And these are people that hear the word of God, just like you see in Mark 4. They hear the word, but it does nothing for them because their heart is hardened. Maybe it's a religious spirit. It's a religious heart. They've gone to church for so long. Everything's common. They do the same songs up and down four times. You know, they shout, they praise, they give, they do the message, they pray over people, they're done. That's it. I know church. I've been to church. That's religion. They no longer have relationship with God. They no longer have a burning and a zeal for God. It's just become tradition, and they have it really, in terms, come to a place where they cannot hear God's voice. They do not know when God's speaking. They do not have vision anymore. The Bible says that if you don't have vision, well, you'll be destroyed. Or anyone that does not have knowledge, they'll be destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. You know, when there is no vision, the Bible says they cast off restraint. They go crazy. See, vision is what keeps us in a place of direction. It is what keeps us in the pathway that God has purposed us to do or be as his church. And so this, this type of person, they have become closed off. And I believe that God was telling me that there are people in this house specifically that are like that. Now, this may be confronting, but let me help you. The word of God is like a sword or a double-edged sword, and it will cut. But the purpose of cutting is to bring healing. The purpose of cutting is to cause you to come to a place of repentance and ultimately to turn and say, God, that was me, I'm, but I'm done. I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to go all in. See, the life of a Christian is discipleship. And how do you start with discipleship? Crucify the flesh. Pick up your cross and follow him. So this first type of person, I believe that if you will hear the word, turn your heart. But in order to do so, there's a fence that's stopping you. There's bitterness that is stopping you. You've been hurt maybe by a past church. You've been hurt maybe by a past pastor or a minister or some type of leadership. And because of that, you have deemed all leadership, all authoritative uh, people in church ministry wrong and not of God. But the reality is God loves authority. God loves leadership. God loves his gifts or his offices. He set them in place to help govern and train the body. But just, but I know there's people that have experienced wrong things. I've seen wrong things. But just because I've experienced wrong doesn't mean that everybody else is wrong. It just means that men of God or women of God have turned from God, have become prideful, and in doing so, they will have to answer to God. But we're moving forward. We're going to continue on. Amen? I'm not going to let one person ruin it for me. I'm not going to allow a little leaven to leaven the whole lump. What I mean, look, there's a lot of leaven in the church. There's a lot of tears in the church, but I'm going to stay focused. 
I'm going to be that wheat. I'm going to be that person that speaks the word, that loves God, that when the Holy Ghost comes upon me, I'm pouring out my love on people. No matter if they hate me, if they talk bad about me, even if I don't agree with doctrine and what they're speaking, if God's called me here, I'm going to submit. I'm not going to talk about it, and I'm going to listen and humble myself before the Lord. He said, why would I do that? Because that's what God's called you to do. But see, you look, you look at the door, though, and you say, no, it's too big. Or it's not big enough. Or I can't see it. No, that pastor missed it. Again, it's opposition. And it's because you are being manipulated by the enemy. You've allowed him to come in and to give you a critical way of thinking. And we call it the gift of discernment. It's not discernment at all. There's no such thing as the gift of discernment. The gift is discerning of spirits. The gift of discernment is judgment. And God didn't call you to be judgmental. No, he called you to walk in love. And the Bible says if you judge people, guess what? That same judgment you give is going to come right back onto you. You be careful how you act. The Bible says hate what is evil and walk in honor, love, abhor what is evil, hate it, hate it. Don't speak negative about your brother and sister in Christ. Don't speak negative about what God's planted you and set you. I mean, if you speak negative about where God's placed you, how can you receive from the anointing? Do you know that God has placed an anointing on my life? And I don't say it to make myself sound great or anything. That's just how God works. And the only way that the body can receive of it is when they submit to it and they honor it. I didn't make that. He did. If I don't honor myself to him, I can't receive anything from him. How can we expect to receive anything as members of a body if we don't walk in honor and submission to God? We can't. Hallelujah. I love you. I really do. I love you. And I believe if you allow the word of God to get in your heart and deeply rooted, the Bible says rooted and grounded in love. Come on. Ephesians chapter 3. Rooted and grounded. I won't know the width, the height, the depth. I want to I know it. The width, the height, and the depth. The length of that love. Help me, God, to be able to comprehend with all the saints. Come on. Now, that's the first type of person. The second type of person is someone that sees the door. They go in, but they're scared. They're, they're worried. They're like, how are we going to do this? How am I going to do this? God, it's like Moses, where Moses didn't know how he was going to do it because he had a speech impediment. He made a lot of excuses. And there's many stories that we'll get into of people in the Bible that were not sure of themselves. I mean, for about 18 weeks, we talked about Nehemiah. He had to trust in the, the, the vision that God gave him and had to re- rely solely upon the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon his life in order to, I mean, the guy was going to be a, a, attempted murder four times that came against him. But he was stayed in Christ. He stayed in that place. So there was people at this door that they would go in, but they were scared. They were anxious. They also thought that I'm not worthy enough to go into this place. I'm not good enough to go in this place. Why would God call me? Does he know that I deal with this? Does he know that I, I can't stop doing this? That's the very reason why God called you. He'll use someone that is weak, that is unable, that is unqualified. All you have to do is humble yourself before him. Humble. Humble. Surrender yourself. He'll work within you. I mean, look in the Bible. Look at those people. You Look at Peter. My gosh. He rejected them three times. Denied them. I know you get some religious like, Oh, God ain't going to use you until you straighten up. Now, look, let me help you. There's some truth to that as well. There is some merit to it. There is truth to it. God has called us to walk holy and pure before him. God has called us to walk in repentance. God has called us to walk in a place that is godly. 
And I'll be honest, if you don't walk godly, if you don't walk holy and righteous before God, you will not see the opportunities or go into the areas that God has given you because of sin. You got to look all throughout the Bible. Their sin stopped them from doing things. Sin, when it came into the camp, what did Joshua do? He had to fix the sin. Now, in the Old Testament, it was a little more intense. They murdered the whole family in any of the, any of the following. Thank God they don't happen today. And then... <laughs> All you have to do is repent. <laughs> it's a little easier. But you can, you can limit God by your choices. You can limit God. And, you, and look, now I know many people, and I've done it before, where you say, well, God, I don't know how to do it. I, I just, I'm unable. I'm weak. Look, start there. Come to him in your weakened state. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, I believe, that Paul said that where I am weak, your grace is made sufficient in my life. His grace is made sufficient. Come to him weak. And I'll be honest, it comes from a place of love. Love him. You love him, you ain't going to want to sin against him. You don't hear a lot of churches talk about sin. I get it. But I'll talk about it because I know it's the one thing that will hinder you from experiencing all that God has for you. I've seen many men of God lose everything because of committing adultery, because of stealing money from the church, all these things. We're not going to be like that. In the name of Jesus, we're going to walk in pure minds, pure motives, and we're going to walk after God. Amen? So they would walk through his door, but they were fearful. They were anxious. They're full of anxiety. The Bible says, cast all your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. Come on, the Philippians talks about not being anxious, not being worried. No, but allow the peace of God. See, peace will help you to be in, a, be in that direction that God's called you to be in. Peace will direct you. Peace will, peace will cause you to walk into the pathways that God has for you. You'll be able to walk through that door, man. Like, whoo, hallelujah. I could do this. Greater is he that's in me. But that doorway, it's maybe because of lack of confidence. And I saw it. You were lack, lacking in boldness and confidence, and because of that, you didn't really want to walk through it, but you walked in because everybody else is doing it. And you're kind of just following the message, being like a sheep, just going where the sheep go. But you're really, in the heart, a goat. You, you don't want to really want to do it, but you do it. But you'll buck the whole way there. Amen? But thank God that God can change the goat and thin you. You don't have to be a goat no more. And then the third type of person is the person... That loves God. It's a person saying, you know what, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I don't care. You call me there. You tell me to do that. I'm going to do it. God, I'm obedient and I'm willing. The Bible says the obedient and the willing will eat the what? Good of the land. And I believe as you walk into that place with joy, and you walk to it. Now, look, all through all, with all these people, there's opposition. Even with that person, you're going to have opposition. The, the enemy's going to try to go against you, but you see that it's the enemy working against you. And you say, you know what, oh, I know who you are. <laughs> Under my feet. Just get out of here. In the name of Jesus, go. You know, I know some, some ministries and some people will take it up. Stuff rather than, oh, we got to get you delivered. we got to set you free. It's going to take us 10 days to get you free. We're going to open the portals of your mind, and hopefully we can work this way of getting you delivered. Now, there is something that can help you. Let me help you if, if you think it tastes that way. His name is Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus, and everything has to go. You want deliverance? You want freedom? Receive what God has given you. It's his spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. This isn't like a two-month process to get you free. Count me out of that. Now, the spirit of God will come right now within you and set you free. Just speak the name. 
You got victory through the name of Jesus. Come on, everyone, just for a moment, say Jesus. Jesus. As you say it, you say it in faith, and you say it with an understanding that I'm free in Jesus, that Satan has no authority over my life. He is under my feet. Greater is he. Come on, he's given a name that is above every name. Come on, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Come on. You got to recognize that the battle is not a natural battle. It's a spiritual battle, just like Ephesians 6 talks about. Come on, having done all, continue to what? Stand. And when you stand, stand some more. Stand firm. Come on, this is the word of God. Sometimes the thing that you treat as you just know, oh, I know that, Jake. I get it. I've heard this. Yeah, but you just don't understand. No, I do understand. You're not walking in that place of the word yet. I promise you, if you walk at the level of the word of God, faith will come. You don't have to hear something new, something revelatory, something good and great. No, you can get right to the base place of simplicity of faith and just believe in God. We try to make things sound, we get, we get weird as church people sometimes. It's crazy. I don't understand. Just go to the simplicity of the word of God. Some of the methods that we have, my gosh. And you got people that are still bound for 20 years. Not in this house. Not for this body, not for you. Not for your church where you're at. No. Now, sorry for my rant. All the trails lead to one place, I promise. <laughs> it's funny. That third type of person walks through the door with joy, with boldness. Go to Acts 4. I'm almost done. And I know I haven't even broke down Revelation 3, but we will. I promise you. It's going to take us a few weeks. This is just a start. Acts 4. And we're going to read, and we'll start in verse 8. Okay? Now, kind of a, uh, in order to read Acts 4, you've got to read Acts 3. Okay? You've got to read Acts 3. But I don't have time to do that. Okay? Acts 4, Peter and John are before the council. Because of a man that got healed at the gate beautiful. He got healed. God healed him. Okay? Peter said, look, silver and gold I don't have, but such as I have, here you go. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. He gave him the name. He gave him the power of Jesus. He was anointed by God and said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Amen? He got up and walked. And because of that, the Jews were like, what's going on? Jesus is dead. Like, why, why are these guys doing this? And so they bring him up before them to find out what's going on. Now, there's a lot in this. I'm going to read a few scriptures, jump around, okay? And it says in verse 8, then Peter, notice this though, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Now tonight, this is kind of a segue, or for t right now, this is a segue for tonight. Come tonight. I'm going to teach you for the whole month on the Holy Spirit, okay? I'm going to take time, and you say, I already know the Holy Ghost. I know everything there is about it. No, you don't. Come. Be here, okay? And you ain't going to be doing anything tonight. You're going to be sitting at home on the lounge, chilling, relaxing, Come here, chill, relax under the anointing and the presence of God. Amen? All right, love you. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders. Now notice, Peter, we know who he is. And the guy rejected Jesus or denied Jesus. God breathed the Spirit into him. But look, he still has a flesh. I guarantee you that he had to constantly renew his mind. He saw Jesus' resurrected body. He, the Spirit of God came upon him in the upper room. 
He preached a message so powerful that 3,000 people got saved and born again, and it started the early church. And now he's going to the temple just to go pray, and this man gets healed by the power of God, and now he's before officials. Wow. This simple man that was anointed by God is in front of people that he can't even, yeah, they're way up his class. They're, in a, they're, they're greater. They're stronger. You know, it's kind of like a heavyweight going against a lightweight. But the Holy Spirit was upon Peter. And what seems in the natural, like they're a heavyweight and he's a lightweight, oh, when you got the Spirit of God on you, it makes you a heavyweight. It makes you go against anything. It makes everything else go really small. It has no match. When the Spirit of God is upon you, not yet. When the Spirit of God is upon you, there is an anointing whew, that and anything tries to oppose you, anything tries to question you, anything that tries to come against you, because ultimately they're questioning the God in you. Amen? Because he just outdid the works of God, and now they're questioning the very work that God did, the very work that Peter and John did. What they're ultimately doing is questioning God. The Holy Spirit filled them with the Holy Spirit, or the, the, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he said to them, so now he's going to speak, and he begins to talk to them. In verse 11, and I'm not going to read all of it, Actually, I'll start. I have to. Verse 9. If we were being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known, verse 10, to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who you crucified, who God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. So he's telling them, look, the guy you murdered, or really they didn't murder him. I mean, Jesus gave his body by himself. But this is how they're speaking to them. And, look, you put this man on the cross, you crucified him. By that man, by his name, who you crucified and who God raised from the dead, this is how this man is standing well. Notice it say, because of me being Peter, because of John, oh, we're so great. No, little faith, full dependency upon God. Little faith, obedience. Because of this, let me tell you somebody. His name is Jesus. You know who he is, actually, because you crucified him. And that very person that you crucified and that raised again or raised from the dead, guess what? That's how you see this man walking because he was paralyzed. He's walking by the name of Jesus, by the power of Jesus. Okay? Everybody understand? This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone. Or we know that this is the head of a corner, talking about the capstone or the cornerstone, sorry. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no name other than the name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. What, are they, what is he doing? Preaching the gospel. He's preaching the death, the resurrection. He's preaching salvation to these high officials. Look. You may not know what to say to people. Just preach the simplicity of the gospel. Jesus died on a cross. He rose from the dead. He loves you, and in him there is salvation. And I guarantee you, if the Holy Spirit is upon you, and he is, because if you're born again, the Holy Spirit is in you. Amen? That when you speak, God will anoint your words. He will give you favor to speak into the doorway of people's hearts. Amen? Don't try to be like, I'm going to debate them. I'm going to fight them. I'm going to try to intellectually reason with them. Good luck. They're not going to, they ain't going to want to listen to you. Allow the spirit of God to lead you. Because they're speaking to high officials, people that are intelligent. 
Like, they're smart. I mean, look, these are Jews, Sadducees, they're priests. They know the Torah. They know the law. They know God. Amen? Now, verse 13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, what did they see? The boldness. What did I say? You're going to have boldness and confidence to walk through those doors. You're going to have boldness and confidence to walk through those doors. He said, when boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were, now look, they knew they were uneducated. They knew they were common men, but they were astonished. Well, I dropped out of year 10. Actually, I didn't even go to school. I can't talk. I can't even sit and think. I got ADHD. Everywhere I'm walking, squirrel. You know, I got no, I got no attention span for anything. I got dyslexia. When I read, I can't read. Holy Spirit will come upon you, and it'll change all those things in your life. He'll cause what you can't do in the natural. Amen? What you can't do in the natural, he will anoint you, and he'll be able to do it supernaturally. Amen? I'm telling you. But they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. How did they recognize that? Now, look, they gave them the gospel. They told them. What do you think it was? Anybody want to take a stab to throw it out there? The Spirit of God. Why? They were amazed and astonished in the, in the authority that Jesus had. Didn't the Bible say that? They were amazed with the authority that he had when he preached. They were astonished. Even when he was 12 years old, Jesus, they were astonished at how, he, how well he knew the Scriptures. They recognized within Peter and John, and Peter especially, when he's talking right now, Wow, that same anointing or that same spirit, it's on him. It's on Peter, just like it was Jesus. This guy's a threat. But it's funny, these people that were far from God, that didn't believe in Jesus Christ as God in flesh, they could sense the anointing or the power of God on them. I'm telling you, when the spirit of God is upon you, and he'll come upon you when you openly just ultimately open your heart and receive him. When he comes upon you, he will give you power that astonishes intelligent people. People think that are all that in a bag of chips. He will anoint you to do his will. And they'll know. They'll see it. All right, let's move on. Verse 14. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. I'm telling you right now in the name of Jesus, and I'm speaking by faith prophetically, that when you go out and do what God's called you to do, when you go out and pray over people, when you lay hands on the sick, when you cast demons out, when you go and preach the gospel, like Mark 16 says, that when people see it, they can't oppose you because the spirit of God that works through you, because the anointing of God that comes upon your life, I'm telling you that when you go preach to your family, meaning you talk to them about the love of God and the word of God, and when you get to them and you begin to say all the good things that God has done, they won't be able to oppose you because the anointing upon your life they won't be able to work against you now they may try to but they can't deny the anointing and the spirit of god upon your life see and you i know you you stare at me and you look at me like, oh yeah it's because it has to get in your life it has to get in your spirit 
I mean, it's not about just shouting for the sake of shouting. It's about shouting and getting full of the joy and the zeal of God because you know that God is working in your life. You know, you, talk, you try to talk to your family last year. You try to talk to your kids. You try to talk to your wife. You try to talk to your uncles, your aunts. They wouldn't hear, but I believe this year they're going to hear the word of the Lord as you go in the anointing of the Spirit of God. Because we'll look at last year and say, it didn't work last year. It didn't work the year prior. I've been trying for 20 years and they haven't heard. They won't hear you right. They won't hear because that's what you believe. But if you would believe just now, right now, God, I thank you. Come on, there's family members that need to know Jesus Christ because they're dying and on their way to hell. You've already lost a lot of people that went to hell that are in your family. That should put it within you saying, you know what? I'm not going to lose another one. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I can't. See, this is the zeal and love that God had for his church, that God had for the, all of humanity. He doesn't want to see anyone fail. He doesn't want to see anyone fall. You know how he does it? Through you and me. This is why we can't play games. I'm not going to play games. I'm not going to get stuck in this political stuff of church and the way of church, and the methods of church. Look, do church any way you want to. I'm not worried about it. Let's get people saved, born again, set free, delivered, full of the Spirit of God, full of just the glory of God, the goodness of God, and completely transformed. Come on. Let's get back to his, his presence. Let's get back to that place of our first love, seeking him first in all things. Thank you, Jesus. I'm almost done. I'm going I'm 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 to push forward. So they, they couldn't oppose it. They couldn't oppose it. Now they commanded them to leave. They conferred with one another, saying, what do we do with these men? For the notable sign has been performed. Through them it's evident. To all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, we can't deny it. So they, want, they couldn't deny it. Look, there's a lot. I could preach every single line of this. I'm not going to. They, in verse 18, they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. And I believe in this hour, you're going to see that happen more and more. You will. It don't matter. We're going to continue to do it. Hear me. Don't allow the world that you live in and the culture today to limit your witness. Don't become silent because you don't want to offend and hurt people. But also, don't just have a motive just to hurt people for the sake of they got to hear me. No, that's not love. <laughs> they won't hear you, I promise you. <laughs> Isn't it funny how it's always dual-sided? There's a balance. Peter and John said, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak what we've seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, look at this, <laughs> then they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people for all were praising God for what it had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. Now look, real quick. They went to their friends and they reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. In verse 24, when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of your father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, 
Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. Come on, the anointed. His anointed or Christ, speaking of the spirit of God. For truly in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servants, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to, uh, to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants. Look at this, man. Oh, I don't have time. And grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. I pray today that as you humble yourself, as you come before the Lord, that he's going to grant you to speak his word with boldness. That the anointing of God today is going to come upon you. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, Go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.